us on our way with the Word of God. All right. feel like we could just say amen and go home. Now we've spent time in the presence of the Lord this morning. And um, how powerful, how exciting, how important it is to be, to be doing that. To just get into his throne room and, and be in communion and in intimacy with him. Amen. Now this morning is it's the beginning of a new year. It's always an interesting time, I think, for pastors and preachers to begin to think about what they're going to be talking about this day, and and they begin to think what will we what will we do as a church? What will we do as a ministry? What will we share in our sermons this year to help the the congregation to help each other grow in faith? And that that is exactly what's been happening in my heart. God, what are you saying to us? You know, he never changes, but he does move differently at different times and through different bodies. Um, you know, it's been coming to my, my uh, thoughts often recently of the different bodies throughout the, the valley. Even last night in our time of prayer, which uh, you're going to hear a lot about our, our prayer meetings, and, um, but we were in a time of prayer last night and and one of the, the guys there was just praying for unity and praying for the other churches and, and that there would be unity with us. And, and the thoughts always go, why are there so many churches, God? And how, how does this fit together? What, you know, sometimes we seem there, there, there seems to be disagreement and discord, and there really is so little of that. But what I do see is, you know, really in this valley there's pastors who love Jesus, who are shepherding those that God has put under their care, but they live in different houses. And I got the picture of Paul writing to the church in the house of. To the church in the house of. And in different locations. And really that's what we are here today in Big Bear. We are the church in the house that meets at Big Bear Christian Center. And then from there we take it down even further and and go into other smaller houses. But we're part of the body of Christ all around this valley. With the same goal and that's to, to... Win the lost, to disciple the saved, to be part of the great commission and great commandment of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's our goal. Now, God has given us here at Big Bear Christian Center a, a personality. We're, we're all, every, every body, if, you'll, if you've traveled around to different places and you've even gone locally to churches here in the valley, you see that each church has, its, has a personality. Each body has certain giftings and certain things that, they, that they are, they're about. And it's just part of the, the way God expresses himself. I've often likened it to ice cream. There's a lot of ice creams and there's 31 flavors at some stores. And you can go in and it's all ice cream. But there's different flavors and, and even, you know, there's different. Some people just always want mint and chip and that's all they're going to get. And, but there's different flavors of ice cream, some with nuts and some without. And I, I find that the, the, the body of Christ is exactly the same thing. We're flavors of the body of Christ, of Jesus. And we have a personality and, and some of us have more nuts than others. And that's okay. And, and you're, you know, if you don't like nuts, you probably won't come to Christian Center because we're just, you know, we're different.
But God has put a personality here, and, and that's when you look around, that's us. You know, but there's another part that says, God, who is supposed to be part of us who's not here yet? There's, there's a lot of people who are supposed to be part of this ice cream bucket. And uh, they're not here. They're out there melting. And they need to get here inside and get, get, a, get with the rest of us. And there's going to be times you're going to meet people. You're going to get into relationship with them. And you, you, you may have the opportunity to lead them to Jesus. And then you, you may find that they don't belong in this bucket. But that's okay because aren't we part of the body of Christ? And you might have to go and introduce them to the mint and chip bucket or the pecan praline or whatever it is. After this, some of you are going to run out and go to the ice cream store and say, man, I just got to get an ice cream. And so throughout even the valley, through, truly throughout the world today, uh, as it's January 2nd, and, and yesterday was fun. I, I, I called Shannon over really quick. I looked at my cell phone. And I've got a, you know, kind of a big clock that moves around on my cell phone. And I says, oh, Shannon, come and look. And by the time she got there, it was gone. It was 11-11-1-1-11. And it was just a lot of fun. So I'm actually going to put a reminder in my phone for November 11th at 11-11 to be looking at it. Because I want to see that date. You know, I, but, um, you know, it's, it's one. It's the beginning. And today is, is a new beginning. Uh, it's a new beginning for the year. You know what's great about today is, is, and it can happen every day, but we do it symbolically on the first, is last year is done, the year is over, and we're starting afresh. And it's something really good. We can do that any time, but there's something special about the new year that, that we are able to do that. Uh, some of you probably even put away your, your Christmas decorations yesterday. That's what we do on January 1st. We leave them up. And on January 1st, Shannon just gets, she just goes to it and poof, that tree is gone. <laughs> and me, it takes me about four or five more months to get the lights down off the house. <laughs> but it's... It's a new day, and God, what are you speaking to us as a body? And I want to welcome all the visitors. I'm looking around, seeing some visiting faces, and welcome. Some of you may be from off the hill and uh, you know, looking for a place to fellowship while you're on vacation. I want to welcome you. You're welcome here. And, and this message, I, I pray that you'll be able to take it with you wherever you go. But this morning, I'm speaking, um, um, one, first, to believers. I'm going to be talking to us as believers. And praise the Lord, you had an opportunity before the service started. See, God is doing something, uh, knitting this service together um, without anyone knowing. Even yesterday, the, the impetus to get that up. Um, Pastor Jeff didn't know I was preaching on prayer today. But he got the signs out and we put the wall of prayer back up. And we're going to be talking about that throughout this morning. Um, putting that up in our night of prayer last night. You know, last night was January 1st and we did have our prayer night. Prayer first. It's the first thing that we ought to be thinking about this year. And so first, but I'm talking to you this morning as as Christians and you had an opportunity just a moment ago to receive Christ. And I pray that if you came in here and you had never done that, that you did that. And I want to tell you, if you didn't, it's still not too late. You can do it right now sitting there while I'm talking. You can do business with God. You don't need a special prayer. You don't need a pastor. You don't even need a friend. You just need Jesus. And while, while I'm even talking this morning, you can get right with the Lord and just say, God, I want to commit to you. And you can have your own time in church this morning. And when you get out of here, you can say, man, I had a great message. It had nothing to do with what Pastor Rob said, but it was great. And second, I am talking to us as the body of Christ at Big Bear Christian Center. Who are we? Where are we going? And I want to tell you, I'm excited. 
I'm excited about what God is wanting to do in our lives as individuals, but as a body. You know, I look around and I know many of you and I know that God is doing things in in your individual lives. God has given you individual ministries. God has given you things that He's focusing you on and that is exciting. I've got things individually for me that God is doing in my own personal life that really has nothing to do with you. Even as the pastor, one of the pastors here, there's, God is do, wanting me to do things that are just really about me, about my family, and He's doing the same. But He also has put all of us together as part of the body. And in that sense, we're supposed to be doing something together. We have a, a greater call, something that we're supposed to be a part of. And if you're visiting this morning, you have that same thing in the body of Christ that you belong to. Wherever that's at, whether it's in Oakdale or if it's off the mountain or maybe you're visiting from another church and, and for some reason you just wanted to come and join us this morning. But you're, you're part of a body somewhere else and so you can take this and say, God, what are you doing? And so as we began this, the beginning of this new year, God, we, we do this every year, but Lord, what are you, what are you saying? And I'm not going to lay out the whole year, but you're going to begin to hear more and more of that even this month as we go on what he's leading us into, um, how he's shaping and forming us, maybe some changes. Um, but, but really, God, what is your call on us? And, and it always remains the same. We need to preach the word. We need to live, live by the word. We need to be about his great commission, evangelizing the lost. We need to be about making disciples and becoming disciples. Those things, they never change. They're constants. The methodologies change sometimes, but these things are constant. So this morning, what is it, God? If we are going to build a foundation, what foundation would that be? And that foundation, praise the Lord, it was wonderful during communion, started right there. The foundation, first and foremost, is that we become believers. That we truly commit our lives to the Lord, that we've asked Him to forgive us of our sin and that we've received His cleansing, the blood that washes us. And this becomes the first day of the new year as we do that. And that's the very first thing. And then the next thing we say, well, what is most important? And I believe the most important thing that we build any foundation in our Christian walk on is, is not the Bible, but it's, it's God Himself and it's prayer. You know... I, I, I was thinking about this, and I, some people would really disagree and say, no, it's got to be built on the, the Bible first and then, then on prayer. If that were the case, he would have given us the law before he had relationship with us. And he didn't. He had relationship with us first and then brought his word to us, the written word later. We need to be about prayer and intimacy and communion first. We need that as a foundation of our life. And we're going to continue to hear about that throughout the year because prayer is something. And I I want to tell you, I am sitting in the chair this morning because I need to hear this message. Because it's easy to get busy. It's really easy to get busy and to forget about talking to God. And so I, I want to stand before you broken. I'm not preaching to you. I'm sharing the word of God to us. And I want to encourage us all this morning to not let the enemy come in and bring, uh, bring a message of guilt. Or that you would hear this as the pastor's just guilting us in to coming to Saturday night prayer or to praying more. And that's what the devil wants to do.
And the devil wants to flip everything we'll talk about whenever you hear it. Within you hear any message, he wants to flip it around and give the negative side of it. And I said, well, you know, I, I believe that's true, God. Give me a picture. And he says, when you go to the doctor's office and he takes your blood and he finds out that your cholesterol is too high and he starts telling you all the bad things that could happen, he's not trying to make you feel guilty. He's trying to save your life. You know, we just need to just kind of go, okay, you may feel guilty this morning. I do already. But guilt is good if it draws us to God. There's something in us that wants to say we're not supposed to ever, ever, ever feel bad. I know Christians who just, anything that makes them feel negative or bad, they just, we want to leave. If it's a sermon, they leave. If it's in the Bible, they don't read that part. We shouldn't feel bad. We shouldn't feel guilty. Guilt is great if it drives us to God. Guilt is wrong when it drives us away from God and leads us under condemnation. And we've shared that before. Conviction is that feeling of guilt, of wrong, wrongness, something wrong that drives us back into the hands of God and say, forgive me and help me. Condemnation is the opposite. So it's the exact same feeling, but the result that you have in your heart is that you run away from God and hide and don't want anything to do with Him. So this morning, can we pack our bags and go on a guilt trip together? <laughs> Let's go someplace that will drive us to change. And, and, and not just for change's sake. See, the reason prayer is the foundation of everything is because apart from prayer, it's meaningless. It's rules, it's regulations, it's social cliques, it's, it's fun nights, it's all the things that we do outside of the power of God. It's all empty. I've got a, a boy, I went and, and looked for some quotes on prayer and I wish I wouldn't have. I mean, there is so many wonderful things on prayer and I, and I copied a few of them down. And, and, and I want to you know, confess a few things. This message coming together has been super hard. I spent hours and hours in prayer and preparation and have no notes. I've got a couple of quotes on prayer in, in like three lines and that's it. In the middle of this last night before prayer, I had, my computer crashed. I got a virus and it wiped out my computer in the middle of it. And I, and I lost what notes I had. And I said, what is going on? And so I'm coming here, everything inside of me be going, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? But let me read some quotes on prayer. Because as, as I just said, you know, we talk about prayer. Prayer is the foundation. It's got to be done through prayer. Listen to what A.J. Gordon says. He said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you can never do more than pray until you've prayed. <laughs> God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. I read some of these and I go, is that true? I mean, you know, they're great quotes. And I go, are these even true? Are they true? So we need to be a people about prayer. We can do more than pray, but we can't do anything but pray until we've prayed. That's got to be the foundation because what we need to do is we need to get a hold of God. And we need to say, God, I need to hear from you. I want to talk a little bit about this morning uh, about Jacob. And Jacob is an interesting person in the Bible. From the moment he was born, he was born out of prayer. His father prayed and his mom conceived and Jacob was born. And from the moment he was born, his life was, was really interesting. He had his brother and he and his brother came out and as they came out of the womb, twins, Jacob was grabbing onto Esau's foot 
grasping him as they came out, and so they gave him the name supplanter or deceiver. Wouldn't you like that to be your name growing up? <laughs> and he fulfilled his name through his life. He became a deceiver and a supplanter. He, he did all the wrong things, and yet God redeemed him. It's important when you're reading the life of Jacob to not go, wow, look at what God did. God redeemed everything that Jacob did. That is not how he wanted to do it. Because he was a deceiver. He was doing many of these things through deception. Now, fast forward in his life many years after he stole his brother's birthright and, and he, he stole his father's blessing and he, he went away and he, he got... God blessed him and he had so much. And he's coming back now to his hometown. And this is in, in Genesis uh, 32, I believe. So he's coming back. Back to his hometown. And now he's rich, he's wealthy, but he's going back to the, to the brother that he deceived. And so he, he gets these ideas... And he has a plan, and he begins to execute the plan, and that's to waylay his brother, to placate his brother by giving him gifts so that maybe by the time he finally shows up, Esau won't want to kill him. And so he sends all these presents ahead of him, and he, and he just he separates his, his droves, and he starts sending gifts of camels and cows and just different things down so that as Esau will come, he'll say, oh, these are for me? Oh, well, that's nice. And he finds that he'll find more and more gifts so that by the time Jacob shows up, Esau won't be mad. And that's Jacob's plan. And so we see something happening here. That, that Esau or that Jacob has come up with this plan. <clears throat> but in the middle of after coming up with the plan, before meeting Esau, in verse 7. Actually, we'll go to, yeah, we'll go to verse 7. 32 7. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two companies. So he's already, now he's going to separate him. He says, and if he says, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, the other one will get away and it will escape. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely, surely treat you well and make your descendants as, as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And so we lodged there that same night. And he took what came to his hand as a present for Esau. So he began to get everything and, he, and to give these presents away. But he began to already come up with these plans before he prayed. So we see me and some of you coming up with these great plans and beginning to execute it. And then he says, oh yeah, God. But he prayed. Praise the Lord for that. 
and he included God. And and in this prayer, if you go and read it out and 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 really look at it, there's some wonderful elements in that for a for a model of prayer. And I encourage you to do that in Genesis 32. Look at what he does. He he um. Begins to worship him. Oh God, my father Abraham and the God of my father Isaac. He, he put one, he's beginning to worship, but he's also in that moment, he is talking to God about the covenant that God has with him. He doesn't just say God. He says, God, the, my father Abraham and Isaac, God had made covenants and he is reminding God, God, remember, we're in covenant together. And that's an okay thing to do. God, my savior, you are, I'm in covenant with you. You've, Become my savior. And we see some wonderful aspects of prayer in here. But, but what we didn't see sadly is that he prayed first. He waited. And he prayed in the middle of all of his scheming. And we, we see a little while later that, that as he sends his droves on before that Esau comes. And Esau doesn't want any of those things. He doesn't want, he says he doesn't want any, any of those things. And he sends, eventually, towards the end of 32, he sends all of his possessions ahead and he lodges on the other side of the river that night. And all that night he wrestles with God. He wrestles with God throughout the evening. And he, says, and he stays in that, that point and he won't let God go. Finally, we're seeing Jacob begin to get a hold of God. And says, God, I need a blessing from you. I mean, he, he wants, he wants to see God face to face. And so throughout the night, let's go to, go there into verse 22. It says, and he arose that night and took his two wives, two female servants and his eleven sons, and he crossed over the fort of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then he was alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now when he saw, the angel, or when, when God saw that he did not prevail against me, touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hips was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go. Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, deceiver. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask me about my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face. Jacob wrestled with God, the deceiver, the one who's lived his whole life in making schemes, and yet he was part of the covenant of God making schemes, and he wrestles with God until finally God says, you are no longer the deceiver. You are Israel. And Israel, Yisrael, really literally means the one who rules as God. The one who rules as God. Not that he became God, but he, he is going to rule as, as in the place of God and he's going to become a godly ruler. He goes from the deceiver to becoming a leader, a prince, a ruler, because he wrestled with God. Now, we find that this is not how he expected things to come out exactly. He had all of these plans and he prayed and, and this was not on his plans. How many times has that been you? 
and you've planned and you've prayed and you've told God exactly what to do because, you know, you really have it all together. You just need him to help you out a little bit. And you told him the best things to do in your prayer. And it doesn't come out that way. You know, we need to we need to begin to pray. We need to begin to it's even OK to plan, but we need to be open that when God has a plan, he's going to change it and he's going to do things. Jacob never expected that he would have to limp for the rest of his life relying on the staff. He really needed to rely on God like never, ever before. We need to begin to wrestle with God, wrestle with him and say, God, I'm not going to let you go because I can't do anything without your blessing. And he says, bless me indeed. Truly, truly bless me. That's what we want to find from God. We want to find his true blessings. Too often, we're looking for the blessings that we think are blessings. You know, wouldn't it be a blessing to have a better job or a job? Wouldn't it be a blessing to have a car? Wouldn't it be? We can think of all of these blessings, but, but bless me indeed. Bless me in truth. God, what do you think is a blessing? Will you bless me with that? We need to seek God's blessings. We need to begin to say, God, I'm not, I don't want to be like Jacob and start asking you to bless me in the middle of my plans. But I want to begin to wrestle with you before I even set out to make the plan. Exodus 33. Mm. Prayer is so important. You know, throughout this morning, I'm just going to throw in some quotes. These things are so good and we let them stir as as you're even flipping scriptures. God shapes the world by prayer, E.M. Bound says. The more prayer there is in the world, the better the world will be. The mightier the forces of against, against evil. And Satan does not care how many people read about prayer if only he can keep them from praying. Hmm. I like what John Wesley says. He says, prayer is where the action is. Prayer is where the action is. It's time for us to begin to change the way we view prayer. Really begin to say, God, nothing is accomplished apart from prayer. And there's so many methodologies. We'll cover that in the, in the weeks to come in a little bit this morning. There's so many ways to pray and things to pray. And, and, and we want to help grow and learn together. Some of the, what we'll be doing in our cell groups is learning to pray together. Learning different styles of prayer and understanding the different, different aspects of prayer. We need to become a praying people. We, oh, we talk so often, Lord, we want to see the valley saved. But it's not going to get saved unless we pray. That's where the seed planning goes. That's where God does the work in the heavenlies. We need to develop the attitude that Moses had in Exodus 33:15. There was trouble in the camp, and God was upset with his people. And, and I'm not saying this morning, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying God is upset with us as his, his people, but but I, I'll say as a, as a nation and as a, as a people, he's not happy with the world. We're, we're, we're living in a time where we're calling evil good. 
and good evil. And, and, and the Lord is not happy. He's looking for a people who will come apart and, and do his, be with him and do his bidding and, and, and follow him closely. But mo- so he says, you know what, just you're going to go without me and, and I'll, I'll send an angel and, you know, I'll tell you what to do. And this is basically what God says in Moses in verse 15, 33 says, if your presence does not go with us. Do not bring us up from here. We'll stay in the desert unless you come with us. We need to develop that attitude because we need to really understand, I don't want the good thing. You know, they, were, they, they weren't in the promised land yet. Yes, they were out of Egypt, but they were still in the desert. Forty years of manna. You know, that would kind of get old. You know, coming up with those creative things, the manna cakes and you know, that that stirs us and yet we see the, the these men that were leaders of the bible they were men of prayer they all spent time with god they sought him i i found this little obscure place in nehemiah 2 4 if i can't find it again nehemiah was the um third shortest person in the bible he was Nehemiah. Oh, that's so cute. Let, let, the the uh, second shortest was in the book of Job. That's, he was Bildad the shoe height. Okay. And the other one. Well, the other one was in the New Testament. It was the guard who fell asleep on his watch. <laughs> yeah. Now here Nehemiah is is standing before the king and the and he's just he's about, he's having a conversation with the king and the king said to me this is just a, this is really cool how it's just right here the king said to me what do you request so I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, I'll let that speak to you. Just let that soak in. The king asked, what is your request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And then I answered the king. What if we began to live a life like this? When before we spoke, we prayed. When we're in the middle of a conversation and someone said something, we said, God. And then answered, became people of, of so, much, so much concern that we wanted God included in everything, that we are aware of him all the time. Actually take it. That is what God is calling us to just be aware of him. I'm not saying that we need to start praying three hours in the morning, but become people of prayer that throughout our days will, we'll, we'll, as the psalm says, Lord, in the morning, will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Yes, we should start our days off because we run into the day. If we run into the day without praying, then we're in trouble. But what about the rest of the day? We can't just pray in the morning and say, okay, I think I'm good for the next 24 hours. I I, I can't make it that long without needing to be in contact with God. But as we drive, as we walk, become people of prayer. When people come to us and say, will you... Hey, hey, will you pray, pray for me? I'm going to surgery. And we, so many of us will say things like, yeah, I'll pray. And then we walk away and we forget. I mean, I, I've just done it too many times. 
and say, you know, I'll pray. Can I pray right now? Or, or if, they're, if it's in passing, it's before we even move on, say, God, just pray that you would touch their, touch their leg. God, you don't even, they don't even need surgery if you'll heal them and begin to just go to God and go to God. Nothing will happen different in this place this year apart from prayer. Many of you have come and talked, what, what's happening? And we're excited. Some of you have expressed excitement in the things that, that's happening. None of it will come to pass unless we pray. If my people who are called by the name will humble themselves, seek my face and pray. When you become a people of prayer. Jesus himself said, my house will be called a house of prayer. It wasn't a house of evangelism. It's not a house of preaching. It's a house of prayer. We have a lot of houses throughout the valley that we can be praying in independently. And we have cell groups that we can meet together and pray there. And one-on-one after cells and before and in the morning, I know that there's, there's a couple of guys that meet on Thursday morning. And I'm not inviting you to it. I'm not telling you where it's at because right now they might just want to be praying together. But, but I joined them once and only once. Because they meet at 5.30 in the morning. And they pray. And I don't usually get up at 5.30. And so on Wednesday night, I try to remember to bless them, God. As they're praying so early. So maybe you need to find the prayer group or the person to pray with at 7. Or 8. Or after you send the kids to school, are we going to become a people of prayer and let that be first? There's a ministry that is, is uh, happening in the valley and it's, it's valley-wide. And it's the um, healing rooms and there's prayer going on. And, it's at, and Bobby's not here this morning, is she? And Donna's not either. It's an interesting morning. Um, Donna's on vacation, but she's part of the prayer team and they, they're praying for healing and it's happening all the time. Well, we want to see the healing room things happening in our cell groups. It doesn't have... Right now it's happening. It's a building at Bobby's building um, on Petter. A Knickerbocker and Petter. And you can go there and receive prayer and ministry and that's great. But you know, prayer isn't designed to stay in a building across town. It's something that we should be praying for each other, learning how to pray for one another. And, and you can't learn how to pray without practice. You just got to begin. You just begin to Pray. Pray, and, and it doesn't have to be flowery speech, but God help is a great prayer. God help. He'll answer that prayer. Lord, I need you. God, we always, you know, it's crazy, we always pray bless. Bless them. We don't even know what that means sometimes. Bless them. Bless them. God help them. Heal them. Touch them. Heal my relationships. Help me to see your face. During worship, I often feel that as we're worshiping, we're kind of trying to pound through this veil so that we can finally see the face of God. It's going to happen in our worship times. It's going to happen in our prayer. We've got to get beyond this world and begin to finally touch. Touch God. Mm. For evangelists and Preachers, E.M. Bounds said something that convicts us. He says, talking to men for God is a great thing. Preaching, evangelizing, talking to men for God is a great thing. But talking to God for men is, a great, is greater still. 
you know, we, 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 that's just such a good picture. And that's God is convicting me on that. You know, it's wonderful to have conversations and talk to people, encourage them. And I can do so much more work if I'll actually talk to God for them instead. Let God do it. Let God have his way. Amen. I believe this is true. Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on his knees. He trembles. He hates prayer. You know, I find it harder to pray than I do read my Bible. Raise your hand. I can get some feedback. Harder to pray than read your Bible. I can read my Bible easier than pray. Because apart from the anointing of God and Him breathing upon the Word of God, it's dead. I know atheists who study the Bible, who've read through it, but it's not alive until God breathes on it. His Spirit, His pneuma. But boy, man, the moment anyone begins to pray and ask God to move, Satan and all of his demons tremble because there's power in prayer. He was learned to pray has learned the greatest secret of a holy and a happy life. You know, I realize we probably need instructions and, and opportunities to pray. There's some of you out here, you're newly saved. And you go, great, you're talking about praying, but I really don't even know how to pray. We want to help that happen. We want, and one of the ways that we've done that Christian Center is, is through our cell ministries. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be you know, having some good time in prayer in the cell groups. Come, learn how to pray. You know, I know as a young Christian, I would be, be around other people praying and I would usually pray just like them. I'd hear them pray and then pretty soon I'd kind of use words like that until I began to operate. And you go, well, that's just not right. You know, my children with people that pray. Just agree with them until you can begin to add your own things. Yes, God. Yes, do that. Don't just let it be words, but let it be an agreement. Oh, God, if somebody's praying, say, yes, God, do that. Oh, do that too. Do that, God. Pretty soon you can add your, oh, God, and bless my sister. Bless my brother. Help Johnny to get saved. Practice. Repetition. Begin to pray. I desire that all of these white slips and some of these pictures, in case you're wondering why there's some pictures over there, these are people we're praying for that are outside of the body or, or struggling. So my prayer is that we'll begin to see more and more of these white slips turned into pictures over here. People saved, delivered, and healed. In the family of God. Now, now, if their picture is at somebody else's ice cream bucket, that's okay too. As long as it turns from a prayer request into a picture, 
somebody who's in fellowship in the body of Christ in some ice cream bucket on this mountain. That's what we want because it's all about having that happen. Amen. Amen. Let's let's pray. Let's pray. Just pray for a few minutes. And we're in the, I'm just let it be popcorn prayer. That's kind of what I call just, if you have something to pray, just kind of pray it out loud. Let's keep it short and give somebody an opportunity to pray. You know, we can have longer, flowery prayer, maybe in your prayer time tomorrow morning or, or at another time, but just maybe some short prayers. And, and, and if you're, of course, if you're not comfortable, this is great, you don't have to. There's enough of us in here just to have a few prayers. Go up before the throne of God. Let's first focus on us. Not not bless me, but God help me. Help me to see you in a new way. Can we do that? And then just begin to pray. And we'll just spend a few a few minutes. You know, unless if, if God starts moving and, and the Holy Ghost shows up, we'll just keep praying. And if you have to go home, do that. Just go up and just 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 go home if you have something cooking. But but we'll, we'll just plan to pray for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. God, you've asked us to pray. We pray that you'd help us to get it from our head to our heart, to our knees.
So he'll make you be on doorstep, be on the street, there, that boy, like struggling, like struggling. He told me to not stray away your phone, to wide past the kid. God, help us to be open in receiving all of those good things. Bless us indeed. Bless us indeed, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank You that we'll see those around us healed. That we'll see the lost saved. We'll see relationships mended. God, help us to pray for one another and experience the joy as we would see the prayers answered, Lord. Let this be truly be able to be said of, of this place that it is a house of prayer. God, and 
that you dwell in our midst whenever we pray. God, go with us this day. Go before us. Be our front guard and our rear guard. Guide and lead us and direct us. Even as we'd go out onto the roads, keep us safe. Help us to be aware of any opportunities that you would want us to step into to share our faith with others. And God, bring us back safely to ourselves this week that we might have praise reports and things to share and then together to celebrate you next Sunday. Thank you for a new year. This is the day and this is the year that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.